Welcome to a special episode of Left Turn Canada. Andy Burkowski here with Christo Avalis. As always, we are minutes after that very long English-speaking federal election debate. Uh, we got a lot to talk about here. This is kind of a special episode for those of you that did see the debate and, and want to talk through it, hear what people thought, and maybe those that missed it because you have better things to do on a Thursday night, which is completely reasonable. Of maybe watching a Canadian win uh, yes. the U.S. Open final in tennis. Or, <laughs> or anything Blue else. Winning or, or literally anything yeah. else. There's a new God of War trailer for Ragnarok that just came out. I spent <laughs> a lot of time on that, but we're speaking of another Ragnarok rock today if you will allow me this terrible joke this debate so i first off i i know this is what they all like to do and i'm gonna follow in in tow a winner of tonight's debate based on the you know two hours and a bit i think about two hours uh that we saw tonight who do you think won if you have to pick a winner don't say no one pick someone christo all right well i mean my view is that trudeau was the clear loser that Trudeau um, was on the back heel. Obviously, it's difficult when you're the prime minister and, you know, uh, the polls are, are close, but he's clearly kind of still in first place when it comes to seats. Mm-hmm. You know, you are going to get hammered. But not only did he fail to, I think, respond in, with, with his words, his his body language, his tone was, mm-hmm. was smarmy and disrespectful, um, and he was aggressive and agitated. In terms of a winner, I mean, in terms of the debate, I might suggest that, you know, Jugmeet Singh had a good debate. Uh, he was able to get his point across. Maybe more specificity was neater, needed. Um, maybe that made him the winner on the stage. Blanchette had a good debate. But I suppose if, like, you're being purely pragmatic about it, like, Trudeau losing maybe means that Aaron O'Toole was the winner. Because that, you know, if we're operating under the assumption that unless there's a seismic shift, you know, those are the two parties in first place. Maybe you'd argue that Aaron O'Toole won. And certainly I don't think O'Toole had a bad performance. And and unlike Trudeau, he was never flustered. Like he never had fluster. And, and what I'll say about Anami Paul is I don't think she won, but it was not the disastrous performance that we saw last night from her. Um and, you know, at moments she was she, you know, contributed to the debate, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. And I this yeah. is one of the rare occasions, Krista, where I think we are a bit at odds. We saw the same debate and I agree with you that Trudeau came off kind of like a petulant screaming child. He made that <laughs> joke about his mother being in a um, a long term care center that he, you know, of course would. But maybe we're not going to because, you know, haha, it's your birthday tomorrow. You're not that old yet. And it just like this is after the pandemic in which thousands of people died in those centers. Like, it's just it's just sickening. It's a little bit dark. Like, clearly he was on the back foot. I, I do agree that because of this just destruction of Trudeau and the fact that O'Toole didn't essentially shit the bed, like, he, he just came off like kind of uh, the regular O'Toole that we've seen before, that will likely push people in that direction. But personally, I thought Anime Paul really was able to say a lot of things and and break through the noise 
and and speak in a way that I wanted Sing to. And I know that there are some very big policy differences between the two, but I felt that she was able to get a lot more of those those cutting comments that that made her stand out. And I think if Singh had more of those moments where he was able to stand out and he had a few, one of the great ones, uh, Chris, I think you agree with me on this one is when he basically told Trudeau right to his face, like, you're lying. No, you are fighting yeah. kids in court. Like, yeah, he's yeah, almost laughing at it. Disgusting lies. No, yeah. I mean, look, politicians like everybody on that stage tells lies. Like everybody, mm-hmm. everyone in politics lies, like everyone. Sing yeah. lies, like Tommy Douglas lie. Everyone lies, <laughs> but like that was the mo- maybe the most disgusting lie of the night. Yeah, from from Justin Trudeau. And I will say you're right about uh, Paul. Um, she certainly had good moments, like when she took on Trudeau and, and Trudeau tried to have the zinger against her when he's like, "I wouldn't take uh, lectures yeah. from you on caucus management," which. To, I mean, in a vacuum, maybe that's witty, but like he just came off like a sexist jerk. Yeah, and it was um, about, and, um, yeah. I, I believe, women's rights and, and sexism in our country. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah specifically dealing with uh, how tr- under Trudeau's leadership, um, there's been systematic issues of, of harassment and of gender uh, inequality within the armed forces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, an, an ongoing issue. But beyond that, uh, you know, I, I, also, I also thought she did a good job on the basic income question. Mm. Uh, she did a good job kind of showcasing why it's needed, how the members of the NDP and the Liberals support that policy, which is which is true, they do. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely feel she was at least effective in parts. Um, and you can tell, you know, based on the fact that there were, she did attack the NDP a few times, but it was largely cordial yeah. between those two parties. Um, I don't know if that's going to halt the green decline, I don't know if her performance there is going to be strong enough to give her a fighting chance in Toronto Centre. It's a very mm. strong liberal riding. Um, it would be the Liberals would probably have to be lower in the polls for that riding to yeah. be at risk. But yeah, I, I don't think it was as abysmal as maybe people were expecting. Yeah, no, I, I do think that it is all a bit rhetorical. Like these are kind of in a, a closed system that I believe, yeah, she really had a couple of zingers. She was able to be concise and, and speak about big ideas more clearly. But will that actually lead to an improvement of her party? The numbers, I, I doubt, will follow through uh, on that. I, I wished that and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, Christo. That that Singh had more opportunities to answer with, you know, some bigger, bolder ideas. I know the NDP platform isn't as bold as as you or I would like, but there are still some good things there. And I felt like there was a few times where let's see if I have it exactly. I don't have it written down where where he was kind of on the back foot asking more questions about what Trudeau has done as opposed to you know pitting his flag down and saying, you know, we're the NDP and and we're going to do this big move. One of the probably grossest moments of the night for me was Rosemary Barton's question to sing on housing. Like, I I just thought that like that really encompasses why there are certain people in this country that do not understand what it is like for others and they might never will. And that's like a big, big problem. What do you think of that? I mean, my my view is that Singh could have been more specific. I, I, I think in part it's like bigger, bolder policies are needed. I, I agree with you. I do think there were times where Singh could have been, 
you know, more specific on like, we're going to tax the wealth of the, the rich people. We're going to make them pay 1%. I think that when Singh was talking about um, uh, the opioid crisis where he mm-hmm. and Paul basically agreed with one another on that on that one. But Singh didn't really, you know, come out and say we're going to decriminalize drugs. And maybe it's because that doesn't poll well, but I'm skeptical that, you know, the people that are, say, currently with the liberals but are open to voting NDP... That they, that they would probably support drug decriminalization. Mm. And that's the NDP policy. And when Singh ran for the NDP leadership, he actually ran on, I'm going to decriminalize all drugs. I'm not going to legalize them all necessarily, but, you know, uh, we shouldn't, no one should go to jail for, for possession and use mm-hmm. anymore for any substance in this country. Um, and he had a moment there to maybe specify that. And I don't think he did. So I do think in that sense, there was a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing one of the challenges, and I, and I get why he does it, because it obviously has some effect. There's a reason why he's seen as so likable, um, is, is there's an over-reliance on anecdote, mm. right? Every There's always an anecdote. And I get it. And during speeches and whatnot, it's fine. But yeah, a little bit more bulldoggedness mm-hmm. couldn't hurt. I don't think, you know, it made his debate... Um, Poor. I, yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't no, think but so either. I do, I, you know, I, I can, I can certainly see that perspective. I can and, certainly see that perspective. And just to uh, revisit, because I actually realized I didn't say the question that Rosemary Barton asked, but uh, oh, yes. yeah, it was about housing, and it, it pushed it to sing basically. And the idea was: is it more important for young people to get into the housing market, or for the people that own homes to gain more equity in this investment and able to keep that? And you know, Singh gave him a very diplomatic answer. We're able to, you know, do both. She doubled down and said like, oh, so I guess you don't care about, you know, the people who already have equity in homes. And, you know, personally, I want to say here on this show, it is more important that young people get into the housing market with our current economic system than people who already have equity and wealth gaining more wealth from that equity like that. That seems like a pretty basic understanding of like what's wrong with our system and it was just said so smugly that it really you know made you want to yell at the screen i think at least a little bit yeah i mean i definitely think that that question was very loaded yeah man um, <laughs> and it was ve- definitely like the the real estate lobby wanted that question mm-hmm. in there um some people were correct in noting on Twitter, like on the left, that you can't do both. You have to choose between yeah. young people and, and, and investors. And I agree in a in a philosophical sense, but you actually can choose both because you could shave off significant amounts of wealth from homes and 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 people would still be making vastly insane amounts of money. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, you can yeah. sort of do both in the sense that if house values collapse 10%, yeah, I guess some people will lose a little bit, but frankly, I don't give a fuck if I'm being <laughs> honest. And I say that as a homeowner, but if somebody was going to make 600,000 off their house, but now they're only going to make 500,000, but in the process it make things more affordable for the next generation, then like it's a no brainer. But, but, um, I definitely think that was a question that maybe should have been asked to everybody. Yeah. It's sort of loaded. Um, I think Singh did okay. I think the way he handled it was probably the correct way of doing it, which is to say that, look, in my area of BC, we have a lot of homeowners. They shouldn't have a worry about housing, but they do because of their kids. I thought that was a good answer, but um, it's a hard one because the correct answer is no, fuck the homeowners. (laughs) Housing is a human right, but 
Canadian, a lot of Canadians own homes. Yeah. Right. Like, like, like Rose. I don't know if she was actually. I don't know if that's factual. I assume it's not wrong. But she says like a super majority of Canadians own their home. Yeah, two thirds. Um, I think she said. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's it's hard to go at homeowners. It's like going at small businesses. Mm-hmm. Objectively, you should go after those petty tyrants, but you can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that kind of leads me to one of my biggest yeah. criticisms of the entire debate. It was a little different than many debates. I, at least I've seen federal debates uh, in the past. It was very structured. There's timers yeah. for every little thing, a little more anemic because there wasn't that uh, live audience. But it, it was really funny. To me, at least the first round of questions hit everyone pretty hard at, you know, the the limitations of each of their parties, except for the NDP, where it was essentially just a a reductive, you know, how are you going to pay for all this, buddy? Like, do you have the leadership skills? I just feel like that continuous line, that that ethos from the media in general is actively diminishing the NDP publicly. Like, I think it's almost designed to oh, assume. It's 100% designed. Yeah. It's 100%. Like, it just, it cuts away at it. And it, it's so apparent when you see it on a stage that we saw tonight that it, it just, it feels a little sickening when that same criticism wasn't put towards NMA Paul, at least not nearly as many times as Singh had to deal well, with. It's not put to Paul because Paul is. Like, like if, if there's a tier on, on, on the debate stage, there's two parties that are seen as like the potential governing parties. It's always the liberals and conservatives. And the NDP is sort of caught in the middle of that where they get a lot of the responsibility of being considered a contender, but with a lot of, without a lot of the, the actual kudos given mm. to it. I definitely think that's an NDP question. I think a lot of parties will get questions like that. You know, sometimes it happens with the conservatives on certain social issues. Like parties will get questions based on perceived weaknesses. And that is one of them with the NDP. Um, I don't. I think though, you know, Singh needed to be more specific in parts. Mm-hmm. But that was actually one of the places where he was quite clear. Yeah. He's like, look, we, we, have, we have choices to make. We're going to get out of this pandemic we're going to recover from it and we're going to make billionaires and wealthy people pay uh trudeau and o'toole have not supported us in that we're going to make that happen we're you know we're, we're going to be the guys to do it and so when it comes down to it the rich are going to pay and you're not going to lose anything and we're the only party oh enemy paul did correct him they do have yeah. certain elements of the of the ndp's taxes although not all of them uh but you were the only you know uh large party that that is going to do that, and I did, and I did, and I did think that was quite effective. And mm-hmm. you know, he was much more specific there, let's say, as opposed to on climate change, where he did lack some specificity. It's yeah. one of the things he's talking. He's been very clear: we're going to raise taxes on the rich and wealthy and well connected to pay for the things people need. Um, mm-hmm. Now, wh- whether people will buy it or not, I don't know, but it's it's true, right? It was interesting to see the dynamic with all the leaders on stage of how those smaller party leaders could really provide advantages for either the uh, the liberals or the Tories like Blanchett. I think with a lot of the uh, I said his name horribly there, but a lot of the answers that he gave almost made O'Toole seem less right wing. Like there, there are some moments there where I almost felt like, you know, he took a lot of the brunt of a more extreme 
you know, uh, positioning. And then O'Toole could come in and say something that seemed at least like a slight moderation, not always. But I did feel like, you know, that was a, an opportunity there. I don't know if I missed it entirely, but there seemed to be some illusion that Blanchette made about how. Um, indigenous people and, you know, members of yeah. Quebec separatists have a shared commonality. <laughs> like it, it was, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure if that's exactly what, what he said, what, what but it's close to, to it. Say, um, what he was trying to say was um, that we respect the right of nations mm. and no one should tell nations what to do. And what he was very clearly doing, uh, you know, sometimes more implicitly, sometimes more explicitly was to suggest that first nations are like the Quebecois nation. Like, you know, like, and, and we need to work together to respect national autonomy for these various groups. And yeah. so there were multiple times where he made a specific point to always circle back to say, Indigenous issues are like Quebec issues. And I think it's very clear why he's doing that. It's because for the most part, uh, he doesn't need to worry about Indigenous voters. Like, that's not the bloc's base. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't need to get votes outside of Quebec. And his whole raison d'etre is to be the representative of Quebec interests. So it's scummy, but like I don't think it's going to hurt him. Right? Yeah, like, like, he but said that's that very clearly what he was doing. Yeah, he like, said that like, pretty Hassan, clearly at the beginning, you know, the right? Mega, mega Twitch streamer Hassan, I guess mm-hmm. he was covering the Canadian debate tonight, so you know we made the big league, where he <laughs> said the Quebec dude keeps comparing the plight of Quebec separatism to the genocide of indigenous people in Canada. And that sort of is what he was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mention the fact that, you know, French Canada did play a role in that genocide. French Canadians were the first, you know, uh, colonizers on this land, the first sustained ones they were here well before the british were uh you know the quebec was founded in the early 1600s and you know for for most of like colonial history french canadians outnumbered english canadians until i believe the 1830s or 40s maybe even a little bit later than that um and of course there is very little said by quebec sovereigntists about how the rights of indigenous people in Quebec would be treated under a sovereign Quebec. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. yeah, I definitely, I definitely, a lot of people noticed that I noticed it too right away. Yeah. What he was trying to do. Yeah. Every time, like I think right off the yeah. bat when asked the question, you know, what would you do as leader of Canada? And I think Blanchett said, well, no, that's not what I want to do. That's not what I'm, I'm trying to be. Right. And I feel like he made it very clear, you know, what his, ambitions were uh, I think there was also some pretty good back and forth on Trudeau and Singh with Pharmacare. I think there were some good moments there where Trudeau just generally he he seemed like he was panicking. And I think that was a fair assessment, at least normally when he's talking uh, publicly and when he's presenting his speeches, he has that air of arrogance that I think a lot of us have gotten really sick of over the past few years. Many politicians have it. It's, you know, it's, it just it's what almost disconnects you uh, from an initial level with with what you're hearing but tonight he sound he was talking super fast everyone was noticing it he wanted to get in those last words he wanted to get those last hits because he saw what would happen in the polling here and just fundamentally he did not make that impact i didn't i don't think he had many if any and of course there's a bias here for myself and christo but i didn't see many hits at all that could be considered big hits to o'toole or uh, the conservatives. 
Not necessarily. I, I wouldn't say so tonight. I mean, Trudeau is very clearly still going at the, um, you know, uh, the social issues, the culture war issues. And I'm not trying to use culture war in the sense there to suggest that these issues aren't important. Clearly, uh, O'Toole had a rise early on, and then Trudeau and the Liberals really started to make a point of guns and of women's rights and of minority rights and all these sorts of things. And it did appear to at least stall the conservative rise. Now, that could be coincidental. It could be that the conservatives reached their peak. It could be that they were being overpolled and then the polls corrected. But that's clearly what he's trying to do. I don't know if any of those blows significantly landed. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if anyone is going to be newly convinced by it. I think if you're if you're like a, a, a blue liberal who's like, I don't trust O'Toole on social issues, I kind of feel like maybe you've already made that decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anything tonight is going to change that. Um, I think O'Toole probably did what he needed to do, which was to just do a little bit better than Trudeau. Like mm -hmm. if Trudeau had a good night, he would have to have a pretty good night. If Trudeau had a bad night, he was, you know, okay with having a decent night. Uh, and I think he came off better in a lot of ways. I mean, Singh landed blows on him. All the parties landed blows on him. But I don't think there was, there was any moment where... Uh, you know, his facade as being like a moderate conservative, uh, w w accurate or not, that but that facade was broken. I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he was able to maintain, and that's all like he had no to do. No major gaffes, like no putting his mom in a home gaff, like Trudeau. <laughs> no, like, like, yeah, I, yeah. I can't remember a single moment where I'm like, he really fucked up. Like, yeah, you know and, I mean? I yeah and I can't I remember a single moment where he said anything like a value either. Like when you actually look yeah. at some of his policies that he was touting when they had um, the uh, just regular Canadians, quote unquote, asking questions, there was a uh, senior that was in a position where they had to work a part time job. Like I was trying to parse through the political speak, but I think O'Toole is basically saying like, we're going to make sure those jobs are better and like you can keep working where I think that was a moment when Singh came off very well and yeah. said like pretty simply, no, you sh should have the ability to work if you want to. But if yeah. you're a senior, you shouldn't have to be forced to do that. Of course not. We live in one of the richest countries in the world. That's absolutely ludicrous. Like I think he was strong on that. And, and I think that is the the difficulty here. The moments when he was strong didn't coincide enough in the moments when others were weak for him to make a big impact. I think he had a, a very good night, but uh, I don't know. I do think that Paul was able to take a little bit of that thunder. You know, she was given um, a lot of moments outside of the scrum to really, I think, finish her thoughts in a way that maybe Singh wasn't at, at certain instances. Paul was really hashing it out with Blanchette on a few things because I think Blanchette was trying to like literally interrupt her and shut her up when talking about like uh, racism issues yeah. in Quebec. So I Apparently think that he's still he's still going. I'm just on Twitter, just kind of as we're talking and we're, they're doing the pressers right now. Mm -hmm. like the post the post um, the post debate press conferences. Um, and apparently Blanchette is, 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 uh, somebody said on Reddit, he is a uh, quote unquote big mad. <laughs> he felt that the, um, the, uh, 
he felt excuse yeah he he felt that the the debate questions were unfair to him and to the Bloc and to Quebec, mm-hmm. uh, and that you know people were were calling him out and all those sorts of things. He did complain um, a lot about the time. Yeah, he said he that a lot. He did complain a lot about the time and some of the questions framings, which in some cases you know can be fair. Um, I I think that you know one, one thing to, to circle back. O'Toole did give a pretty bad answer on housing, uh, on childcare accessibility, because mm. like, he doesn't support the childcare plan, uh, and he wants to give people basically an enhanced child ta- like to increase the child benefit quite substantively, but likely not to the value that you know uh, affordable childcare would offer. And um, you know when Rosemary Barton asked him, was like, well, what about the fact that it's not just affordability but accessibility? He basically said, well, the spaces wouldn't be available now anyway. <laughs> that yeah, was his answer. Weird. <laughs> that one wasn't great. And I don't know if that's going to hurt him. Like, I don't know if the people that are like, I'm a child care voter. I wonder if they've already written off O'Toole because like mm-hmm. the NDP and the liberals, the liberals ostensibly, whether we can trust them or not, um, are, are offering child care and the NDP are as well. If it matters that much to you, it's, it's one of the few clear policy distinctions between the liberals and conservatives in this election. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to hurt him, but it was not a good answer. Cause, yeah, because because even if even if you're a conservative and you don't support a universal child care program, you might be able to acknowledge that, you know, there aren't enough spaces for the people that do want to pay to send their kids to daycare. Yeah. Yeah. So I can I can see that. But like you said, yeah. I don't know if that'll necessarily that have was, the like, impact. Yeah. 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 I, I will say, like, of all the, the topics that were discussed, Trudeau got some of the biggest hits when uh, they all dove into reconciliation. Like, the idea yeah. that he would bring up the fact that, you know, we've done so well with so many of the water boil advisories that are in Canada that's required to do that, to safely drink water, and then everyone just cutting them up saying, like, well, no, there's still many more. Like, that's not a solution. Like, I think that absolutely is where Singh performed the best. And Trudeau performed the worst. He got agitated. He didn't have any real leg to stand on here. He he started, you know, pouting about that's not true. These numbers are different. You're lying about everyone talks about these kids in court. Like, honestly, that was, I think, embarrassing for him to to have that reaction. I don't know what the calculus was there, but it did seem just to really take away when we were dealing with an issue like this. That's an active genocide against indigenous people to have this such a petulant response of like, no, that's not the right numbers. I'm doing the right thing. You're wrong in this way. I don't know. I I just I can't. I'm wondering how real cults of personality liberals are spinning that into a possible good thing, because I I don't know how you do it. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, look, it's it's like. Singh was right. You know, his line, one of his lines, you can't you can't take a knee one day and then fight kids in court the next. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. Pretty can't fucking do it. Like. Trudeau wants to fight indigenous kids in court. Fine. Be proud like his father and say, I'm like, I believe in the destruction of the indigenous people and I want to see fundamental inequality and I'm going to fight those little snot head kids in court. Like own it, (laughs) own it, own it. I'm sure you'll find a constituency for that. They're mostly with Bernier right now, but like, but, but own it. Um, And so, right. Like the, 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 the gall, the fucking, I've already mentioned this, but the fucking gall of this scumbag to be like, we are not fighting kids in court. Like Cindy Blackstock, we've talked about her. Oh, many she was times incredible before. tonight. Really yeah, yeah. great. She she was on Twitter 
and she, as this happens, and I went to check her Twitter, not at all surprised when, she, when, um, when, when she basically, I live tweeted it. I can't believe he's doing this. And she's sharing links to the thing. She's sharing literal video, like, yeah. like of, of the Trudeau government fighting kids in court. Like she's got him in 4k and it's just <laughs> like, it's an absurd lie. And, and like, you know, Trudeau, with, without a hint of goddamn irony, was like, you know, cynicism is bad for progressive politics. Oh, yeah. You know, P- yeah. Do you oh remember that God. line? Like, yeah, like and if- didn't he blame Singh for, like, bringing it up, and that makes mm-hmm. reconciliation worse? The fact that yeah. he, Singh is bringing up all of the bad things that Trudeau is doing in furthering the genocide of people in our country, that is what is hurting indigenous people like it was just he was nervous when he said it it was definitely like not a considered point but my god was that a step in the wrong direction man holy shit oh yeah. my god uh, anyways yeah. what what else do you got here uh climate change they talked about a lot i i do think that that is where things stumbled there's a lot of hits against uh trudeau on that i don't think the you know ndp climate policy is as strong as it necessarily should be but yeah trudeau really really stumbled there but there was i don't know i feel like there wasn't enough um hits against o'toole and they're absolutely back ass words as i'll say uh policies of trying to deal with climate change like i felt like that could have yeah. been hit more a lot of hits on trudeau with just you know not hitting targets being the worst record uh, emissions record in g7 like just the systems they have in place with carbon pricing and plastic bans just isn't working at all it's not doing what needs to be done and he got a lot of hits from that um one thing i think we'll we'll talk about a little bit before we go here because it's just a little mini app for you guys we'll definitely have more later this week was the um not dismissal but just the the absence of the ppc leader and in this sort of debate we we've seen the numbers in the last few weeks the ppc is rising right crystal like there definitely is more of a constituency there than perhaps one thought why wasn't that mad dog lunatic bernier in the leadership debate well originally we talked a bit about this but the originally the the there was always a whole thing with debates and who was invited and who wasn't invited and it used to basically be on a case-by-case basis and there wasn't always a rule so you'd always have like always the ndp liberals conservatives would be invited that's like a big historical thing but then sometimes it's like well do you invite the block on the one hand they're a very large party they have a lot of seats but on the other you know do you only invite them to the french debates because they don't really represent Anglos. Then again, on the other other hand, there are Anglo Quebecers who could hypothetically, although it's extremely rare, vote for the bloc. Um, and so they came up with this debate commission, and that means that every election there's one official English and one official French debate. Any other debates are up to, um, you know, whether it's a TV network or. Mm. Uh, some group to organize. In this election, it was Only TVA, uh, the the big uh, French network in Quebec. Um, you know, they're 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 like that everyone watches. That mm-hmm. had the additional third debate, um, and no other no other debates were organized. Maybe it's uh, in part because maybe they couldn't get all the major parties to mm-hmm. agree to attend. Um, you know, in the last election, there was an English debate, for instance, a second English debate where Trudeau did not attend. Yeah. 2019 election it was the i believe it was the ndp the uh 
Greens and the Conservatives, and I believe that was maybe it. I don't know if the block was there. Um, and so it was a very unique sort of debate. But um, the rules were you needed to meet two or three qualifications. You needed to either have 4% polling in this election or 4% polling in last election and have a current seat elected under that party. So not a floor crosser, but somebody elected under the banner of that party. Now, the PPC didn't have that. They didn't get the sufficient Mm -hmm. poll. They did have the sufficient polling in the last election. They were above 4%, but they did not have an MP because Bernier was not elected last time. And under the polling, when the deadline was cast, they were below. But since then, it's very clear that they would have met the parameters. And Mm -hmm. so it's an awkward situation where by the rules of the book, and I think it was the right decision, they should not have been included, but they're clearly capturing some momentum. Now there's uh, wide discrepancies in their polling. While for the most part, there's an agreement that the liberals and conservatives are basically tied and that the NDP is basically around 20. um, There are some party pollsters that put the PPC right around three, four, 5%. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple, there's one that puts them at eight and there's now a poll that puts them at 11. So wow. there's no real sense for where they are. My expectation is that they are certainly doing okay. They're certainly probably in like the mid single digits. Um, I don't think you should just exclude them because of their views. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if they can qualify for the debates, they should qualify for the debates. But the rules were the rules this time. Maybe they need to look in the future of making the polling deadline uh, more more, more proximate to the actual debates. Maybe not the night of or anything, but not, not two weeks before. I yeah. think maybe it should be, you know, one week before the, the first debate, uh, uh, you know, they should, they should be able to, uh, to, to, to determine, giving them enough time to prepare, mm-hmm. but also to, to capture... Uh, real polling trends, but but certainly the PPC are capturing something. Um, they are capturing probably some dissatisfaction with O'Toole as not perceived as conservative enough. They're capturing dissatisfaction with vaccine and mask ordinances and all the the, the persistent lockdown measures. Uh, and you know they're capturing certain elements of like white grievance and all these sorts of things. Um, and it's um it's an interesting moment for them. None of the aggregators are suggesting, even the one with them at 11, that they are yet strong enough to win a seat. That's the one thing is that their vote is very poorly distributed. And their leaders running in a seat, Bernier, where uh, it's, it's, it was his old seat that he held as a conservative for quite a while. But the sort, it's the sort of riding that's not PPC friendly. It's like a, a conservative riding. Mm-hmm. A lot of farmers... Quebecois, they're not PPC types. They're, they're they're conservatives. So it's almost like Bernier made a bad decision to run where he did, and he maybe should have looked at finding a riding that was more PPC friendly. Um, because right now they could hit 10, 11% and maybe not even win a seat. Yeah, that tells you our system's doing but really they, well. Yeah, but they <laughs> do, but they do, but they are capturing some momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it would have mattered if Bernier was on the stage tonight. Uh, you might you might say it could have helped them, it could have hurt them, it could have uh, taken some of the heat off O'Toole. That's my guess, right? Base, yeah, it would have made the, the 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 debate just more batshit. And <laughs> frankly, it's like we're already at five people on the stage, and I'm not suggesting yeah. you necessarily need to cap it. If enough parties can qualify, they should qualify. But 
You know, imagine one other person there. It's less depth and more like spin because you 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 fa- you effectively take those minutes that could have been spoken by Trudeau, O'Toole, and Singh, and 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 just kind of distribute them to parties that more or less don't really have a chance of of forming government or becoming opposition. And and that does kind of hit the crux of the issue of these sorts of debates is that there is only opportunity to have spin. Like a, I think the moderator at the beginning, we're really pushing this idea of like, you need to share the plans, the plans, the plans, but unless you are perhaps the NDP on some of their more bold plans, they're not always as simple and not something that could be put into a soundbite. Everything is so, you know, considered for this particular moment in the political landscape. I do wonder if Bernier would have helped O'Toole, if it would have, like you said, maybe just added to the complete mess. But with what we've seen right now, the one thing I think you and I can absolutely agree on is that tomorrow when there will be some polling, I'm kind of speaking for you here, so feel free after I say this, that Trudeau will see a hint because I can't I really don't think there are those voters and and Trudeau, I think, said this near the end that Singh is trying to position it as if there's hardly a difference between a progressive, which he identifies himself, liberal government and a conservative government. When when we looked at a lot of the polling, when there was a rise and fall, those numbers seem to kind of match certain demos of people that do switch back from at least in this moment in time, you know, O'Toole and Trudeau. So that is Pretty disingenuous from what we've seen here, but the idea that those people don't exist, I don't think is true. So that person that saw this debate, that saw Trudeau getting hammered on reconciliation, I think most people in this country, unless you are just like that percentage of the country that is absolute scum, you do want better reconciliation and acknowledgement for indigenous genocide and to see him get hit again and again on that with with no reprieve, I think really hurt him. So I think, you know, tomorrow, Friday, we're going to see those numbers go down. And my bet is O'Toole's going up a little bit. What, what do you think, Christo, if we had to look in the crystal ball here? Um, well, a couple, a couple things to, to keep in mind is that there, there are a couple different kinds of polls. You have your rolling polls, which are, um, you have your rolling polls, which are, uh, you know, they, they, they have say nanos will do 1200 or so per day mm-hmm. and every day they'll roll off the oldest 400 and add another new 400. So nanos is really doing a 400 person poll every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, sort of rolling with it. So if there are effects, you might not necessarily get full presentation of them in the first aspect of the rolling poll on the first day. Because tomorrow, if they do get it done in time, I'm not sure if they will, Nanos might only have 400 of their 1,200 recipients with this debate in mind. Mm. And so it might not be fully captured or those people might not be representative of the post-debate perspective. It might take two or three days to get it done. Although I think sometimes pollsters do aim to be quick after the debate because there are other pollsters that don't do the rolling. I believe Ecos and Main Street and Nanos, I believe they do a rolling method. They all do it quite differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have other pollsters that do a traditional, you know, we're going to call people once a week uh, over a couple days, get, you know, 1,000, 1,500, whatever, and, and, and do the poll. Uh, that one might be more indicative. Uh, you know, in the U.S., for instance, 
they'll often do like a flash poll right after a major debate, you know, for a primary or for the general yeah. election. Um, I'm not sure. I do. I my my expectation is that this is not going to be one of those debates like 2011 with Jack Layton, where it necessarily sparks a a a, a wave. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily think that's the case. I don't think that Singh or O'Toole or Trudeau were so good or so bad that it's going to just absolutely transform everything. But uh, my expectation is that Trudeau likely will slip a little bit, although it might be the case that you don't see a slip and rather it was Justin Trudeau was actually on a rise and this halted the rise. So it may look status quo, but what was actually happening was that Trudeau had a chance to maybe run away with it or or establish a good lead and he blew it. Or O'Toole maybe was slipping and this just, you know, this added a new floor for him. And so it's hard to tell exactly what we're going to see in the data. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we'll leave it at that. You know, we're, we're here to do all the dirty work so you don't have to. Uh, if you have some opinions on this, I was really chatting it up with our Discord here. A lot of very strong voices there. I posed this question of who they think won. I think of the the 10 or 15 answers. A majority did say Anime Paul, but I think a lot of them had some of the same conclusions that perhaps this would affect or help O'Toole the most. So if you want to be part of that conversation, please join us. Patreon.com slash left turn Canada. We just added the $1 a month tier, $10 for the full year. We understand it's tough out there. So if you do want to, you know, take part in a little community, please do so. Uh, We'll have a regular show later this week. And I think that is all for us tonight. Have a good one.